and you had the chops. I mean, you were just a, a really solid guitar player, and Henry could play like everything, and it was uh, it was such a pleasure. <clears throat> but I and then I got to say, like today when we talked on the phone, I was like, when I heard it, I was like, I want to didn't want to say I was like surprised, like ah, oh, I didn't think he had it in you, but uh, I really it was just like, um, I didn't think he had it in you, man. I was just like, that's like. <laughs> It was really, it was like, wow, this is good. This could be like on any like soundtrack of any movie or or TV show or whatever. I mean, it's like, it was, it just, man, from the, from the, um, the sound quality and the recording to the, the material and, and, and everything that's going on and, and the flow and, um, I mean, I was never, I listened to, I think there's uh, seven cuts on here. And I was like, when it was over, I'm like, oh shit, you know, I want more. It was like, sometimes you get, you know, you're like three or four in, it's like, eh, all right. Um, I got, you know, I get back to those dishes. Uh, but, um, it was like with your, I was like, uh, you know, I was wrapped, man. I was wrapped. That, uh, that's a first, everything you said is a first in my life. Thank you very much. And, um, I have to say, dude, that it's for, for the world, I know, Millions of people are listening right now. Um, you've always been, and I think it's time to give Sean some props. You've always been one of my sort of musician heroes. Um, and, and maybe the humility you got from me was because I was really wanting to take notes from you. Because you've always shown up super creative uh, musically, you know, I mean, it's mostly how we've been around each other. Right. Um, Super creative, and and not only that, but like super important things like humor. You integrate sense of humor into your work, and like um, you have a lot of confidence. And also, you're a badass guitar player, and you don't make a big deal out of it. So uh, like all these things come together into this sort of like mythic, like um, I want to be like that guy kind of thing. Um, so yeah, mythic. All right, all right. Well, okay, enough of that. But uh, thank you. I'm I'm like I'm. I'm blushing, you know, but thanks. Thanks. Um, so let's get it. What's your, um, uh, what's your favorite cut on this, uh, collection here? I know they're all your kids, but what if, you know, uh, yeah, it's either the excited to meet you or a desert song. Okay. Yeah. The opener, right. That's, that, that's good too. Um, I like them all. There's one like opening band was just like, Oh, that's, uh, but I kind of, then I was like opening band and it, it kind of, it, it, I was like on the verge of like, Ooh, I don't know about this. And then it, it kind of, it kept me on the edge. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That one. So it's short. One, so it's like, okay. All right, not to yeah. Like, yeah. And then, um, uh, dream of first contact uh, to me is, is, a, is, a, is important because I, that was the first one I ever wrote. Um, it's the one that's the most, that has the biggest correlation to real life events. Like I really had this dream. And it was so real that even now, 20 years later, I'm not exactly sure it was a dream. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's <laughs> <kind of> awesome. <laughs> mutate into like, maybe that it really doesn't happened. matter. Right. It's like, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah I, I could have been, I don't know. But anyway, it's in my brain as, you know, filed in as something that happened to me, you know? Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Um, hey, what is your, you got a, so you're a California guy, right? Yeah. And um, were you like into surf music or yes, no, uh, maybe? So like, um, you know, it's funny. I explored the whole surf music 
kind of thing with with uh, with another surf aficionado kind of person. And I realized that I do love surf music, but what I actually love is the elements of surf music, which show up in like old timey westerns. They show up in like Morricone, like scored. Yeah, the you know, kind of like you know, the yeah. reverb, uh, tremolo kind of thing, uh, yeah, whammy barish. Like scary, big, dark guitars, like uh, lots of reverb. I mean, it shows up in surf music, but like when I think of surf music, I don't think of like Beach Boys or, you know, fun by the bonfire. I think of like uh, something introspective and kind of minor scale and dark. And so, so that's where I'm coming from with the surf angle. And I think that's, Surf music, I mean, old westerns definitely embody that dark, kind of lonesome, desolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt but it, man. I felt it. Like, uh, you know, Desert Song, that was, uh, you know, I mean, like the first first 10 seconds of that song, I was transported. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but surf music, to me, takes it one, one step beyond and, like, brings in this kind of, like, color palette that it has some bright colors in it. You know, like a lot of that dark western stuff is all very muted you know, visually in my head, okay. but surf music brings in this lovely, like kind of lighter edge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I tend to think about music in those ways as, as how it smells or how it looks or how, how it feels, you know, versus how it sounds. I mean, sounds is important, but no, but it moves along. Know. I mean, all these, these songs, all they're not just like, okay, I'm just going to play, you know, like me, if I write a song you know, I'm just like, it's like, all right, it's three chords. Here we go. And I got some words. And, uh, but the, your stuff, it's just like moves along and it, and it, you know, it goes from one place to the next and comes back around and visits, but then goes in and adds into a third element. And it's very, uh, I, I'm just, I'm super impressed. I love it. I love it. It's, it's difficult to find, um, emotional content without words. It is. I mean, I, I used to live by a guy in Chicago and he was in a band called spies who surf and they were an instrumental kind of surf kind of spy band and they were all like like super excellent musicians and they were and it was like to to see a 45 minute set or whatever of instrumental music it's um you know it, it's not everybody that can make that happen right i mean you just especially and that was back then i mean now people's attention spans are are minuscule but to to be like uh, drawn in and um, and it's nice. I didn't feel like you were taking advantage of me or anything. You know, I felt like really like you were like a kind of a sensitive hand just guiding me through uh, this, you know, journey. It's really nice. I like it. Wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, personally, I think that stories are everything to us, narratives, whatever. I mean, the, the religions that we have, the laws that we follow, everything. It's just, it's just a story. Everything is a story your life, every, all your memories are a story and they're, they're flawed for that. And they're also embellished for that. So I, I'm trying to find like how to bring that out without using words. Right. So. All right. Well, with that said, we're going to listen to desert song. This is side one, cut one. And I asked you if you're going to do uh, uh print up some seven inchers and, um, and uh, you said you didn't feel like having a closet full of uh, seven inches. <laughs> <laughs> and I was then like, ah, I, then I'd take one. at least one off your hands. Yeah, that's worth it for me. Uh, I'll make Don't they have a thing now? You can just uh, like off to like uh, buy the buy the bundle, you know, uh, you know, give me 10, you know, for oh, $40. I'll a get piece. 100 and my family will get 
seven-inch singles for Christmas. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So if you're, um, uh, I'm gonna pl- I'll play Desert Song and then I'll come back in, but I'm gonna turn you loose. But uh, look for Lafona, right? Um, what's uh, what's let us, if you don't, I mean, maybe you're like living low, so I don't want to like you know put that out there. But is there um, you know you got any kind of uh, social media thing that you uh, represent or anything like that? Yeah, there's not much Lafona out there that isn't <laughs> this. So you'll find it on Facebook. Um, you know, just Google it, uh, Lafona.com. You'll find your way there. <laughs> All right, Lafono, tell me about the name. What is Where does this come from? Is this some Latin thing, or uh, what is this? Uh, it's only Latin in the respect that I grew up in L.A., Southern California, and, and been around, you know, I've worked in kitchens my whole life, so I've always been around Mexican or South American. So you're a SoCal dude? Yeah. All right, so where where did you grow up? What uh, town? Because I got a, a SoCal buddy right, right in here, and he always regales me of stories about uh, movie stars and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, most people who grow up in SoCal live all over the place when they're in SoCal, and I think of SoCal as pretty much Southern California, right? Okay. So, um, I uh, you know, went to high school in Valencia, uh, which is near Magic Mountain, but you know, I lived in Sherman Oaks and in North Hollywood. And- ah, he's pointing to his chest. He grew up in Sherman Oaks, so uh, right on. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, what did you say? Ben Ventura and Sapofa, the Galleria, I guess the intersection. I used to work at the Galleria at the music store, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Yeah, this is Scott. He's got a great show. He's got two great shows, Uh, Saturday, Flat Black Plastic, and Sunday, Found Round Sound. He's like a record aficionado, so uh, check those out if you ever, like, listen, you know, need some background music. Um, Those are two good shows uh, that you should do. So we're going to do Desert Song. John, it's like super awesome to talk to you. And um, uh, you make me smile, man. You're a, uh, you're a stand-up sort of dude. And uh, say hey to the family. And uh, we're going to get together for that beer next time you come in or I go out into the heat. Um, but if you want to come into the cool hip place where like all the like cool people stay you know come to san francisco and uh and we'll take care of you all right awesome all right all right man here we go all right later
Mm, that's Frank Zappa, yeah. And I want to tell you that there's uh, uh, not just here in Mutiny Radio, uh, there's all kinds of things going on, right? Uh, uh, loaf? That um, you... Am I on? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, hello? Hello? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're in there. Well, I, something's going on? Well, yeah, there's a comedy oh, no, festival no, oh, coming up. Oh, nobody told me. Oh, the comedy festival. Yeah, yeah. from uh, October 8th to the 15th. So Seven you, days, like... Of just, like, hilarity. It's, it's a, I was just actually looking at that schedule. It's a bombardment of comedy. It is. And I'm going to try, try to make it out for uh, one of those shows, because there's a lot, a lot of shows. It'd be hard to... There are. So look, go to the website, and, uh, of course, it's Pledge uh, uh, Year, and we're always looking for dough. So if there's a um, a where do you uh, uh, donate? Kind click of, to donate. Yeah, click to donate, and uh, and please come and check out some of this comedy. It really, you know, sometimes when you're in a funk, there's nothing better than a than a uh, some jokes. Uh, some jokes, exactly. What do you guys got got going tonight? I'm gonna be playing some tunes. Talking about talking, talking yeah, to, you're out there, man. I know. You're always just like out on the edge with Do, you guys doing, doing it with the tunes and yeah. some talking and. Gonna be rocking out. Got all kinds of stuff. Right. A lot of bluesy, weird psychedelia, all right. all what right. have you. Looking forward to that. Not gonna be around next week. Like it's a full contingent this evening. Yeah. All right, Dick.
All right, remember that one next week.
everybody, Paul's Countdown. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to crumble. Now let's watch a full-length Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you, man? Hey, Mike. Good to see you. Thank you for... I'm happy to be back here and ready to watch a great film together with you on YouTube. Well, that is the premise of our acronym. We are a podcast. We are a live streaming. streaming. That is, if you're alive, you could stream this first on mutinyradio.fm, where we are on right now as we are every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go ahead, type in mutinyradio.fm, check out the station, and on Sunday at 2 p.m. PST, go ahead and hit play. We're also a podcast, audio, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, that's our acronym, and most importantly, we have a YouTube channel. We want to watch a full-length movie with you. We are going to find a movie on YouTube, and we're going to watch it with the sound off. You're going to watch the movie with us. Yeah. And you're going to listen to our podcast at the same time. Unless, of course, you're watching the video. Hello, we have a movie to present to you. That's really exciting, Carl. I'm really excited. Okay. Uh, and don't forget, Mutiny Radio has a lot of great stuff. So when you go to mutinyradio.fm, not only you can figure out a way to channel that station, check out our archive, you can also donate. Hit the donate button or go to Venmo and donate money to at Mutiny Radio. Carl, what is the movie today? Today, we will watch Saturn 3, 1980. Isn't that easy to put in the search engine of YouTube? Saturn, then the number three, okay. and then 1980. And I spell out 1980. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. It All is right. numerically... Right. You don't even need Roman numerals. It is 1980. Right. Well, hey, gang. 43-year-old movie. Saturn 3 from 1980 is on youtube and we're going to watch it so go ahead type in saturn 3 the number and then of course 1980 and carl who is hosting our movie well i just caught it here i looked it up it is video for you to see now you'll only find one thing so i'm not going to tell you the cool way they wrote for you to see but because oh. when you get there that will be for you to see i'm not yeah. telling you very prince-like okay so videos for you to see is hosting the movie we're going to be watching saturn 3 we want you to click the link the movie's going to play there's no ads i didn't get an ad no Just get pause I didn't get an ad. and then move the timer back to zero 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 when you hear go we want you to hit play with us and we'll start the movie that sounds complicated don't worry we'll give you a couple minutes to get yourself set up because we have a special feature coming up the go is going to be said by none other than a celebrity comedian carl not only produces the show wrote this theme song and syncs up the video He's went out of his way to talk to a celebrity comedian. Carl, take it away. 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Celebrity Countdown, this time with Nick Kina. Welcome, Nick. Hi, everybody. Now, this segment is usually titled Celebrity Comedian Countdown, but with you, it's just Celebrity Countdown because you, sir, make your living at music. This is almost unheard of. You don't have some day job. You're a music guy. Tell me how you fell into that. Was that your lifelong goal? Tell me how you arrived here. You know, it was never like, I wouldn't say it was a lifelong goal. For a long time, I wanted to be a Ghostbuster. Um, and then, you know, I, you got to grow up. I was like, okay, I'll, you know, I guess I'll be a mechanic or something. I don't know. I had a bunch of, I had a bunch of crappy jobs when I was younger. Um, but music's always been around. My father's a musician and all his brothers are musicians as well. So there was always, there was always music around the house and I couldn't go a day without hearing at least three or four Led Zeppelin tunes in the background. My dad, my dad is a rabid Zeppelin fan. And that, that something that we all kind of inherited uh, through the years, we just all became Zep fans. But I started going to his to his gigs uh, when I was about 13 years old, 13, 14 years old. He he started letting me come to some of his gigs that were at, like, nicer places. He played sure. he, played, he played some spots that were pretty rough that, you know, you know, he wouldn't, you know, he, he was scared to go. They were paying right. him to be there, though. So, but, you know, I would sit at the bar and I would drink root beer and I would, and I would kind of be like a third base coach. And mm -hmm. I, he, he would look at me and I would tell him if like the guitar was too loud, I would, I would go. And like, you know, give, give big, awesome. big giant hand gestures to tell him what needs to get fixed. And then he would walk up to the board and, you know, just make those little minor adjustments. And, and I got, that's, that's the first time I kind of, I, the, that first moment I was like, wow, this is, this is a cool job. This is something <laughs> that's fun. And yeah. then I started, I, and then I started playing, the bass because my father's a bass player. It's what we had in the house. So I started playing in bands and, you know, working my way up to becoming a front man. I was always like, you know, in, like, um, you know, I played harmonica, I'd sing some backup vocals, but I wasn't the front man. And then slowly but surely, I just kind of became that front man. And I started running open mic nights when I was uh, 21. And it was just so much fun. It was such a blast just, you know, cause you get all different types of people that come in, you know, some people that are absolutely fantastic and they're looking for a gig. And then you get your, you, you get your weekend warrior type guys that, Oh, my kids all left the house and I can finally play the guitar again. Nice. You get a lot of those fellows too. And they're great too. But like you meet all these really sweet, sweet people that all, you know, share the same interest and the same love of, of the, of, of music. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's music is, is to, in my opinion, it's the last real form of magic mm -hmm. because special effects have ruined our eyes like we know CGI. We, yeah like we know that's cgi it looks so good but you yeah. know that's cgi but you play a song and and you can absolutely transport someone to a different time and place yeah. and a different feeling and you, and you can really make someone you know feel something whether you're yeah. trying whether you're trying to or not whether you like whether you meant to you know you know i, I a few a few gigs ago I did a song by Bob Dylan to make you feel my love. It's a beautiful song. It's one of his most covered. And this really sweet couple, they were sitting at the table with their two kids, and they just they stood up and started dancing, slow dancing to this song. And then when they finished, the the, the wife's got a tear coming down her face. And she, really? She said, "That's our wedding song." Holy cow! 
wow, that's and next, great. And, and next week's our anniversary. And I was like, oh, right. So I got, you know, and there was just this beautiful magic. Moment. I didn't know they were going to be there. I didn't know that. It's just this, this magical moment. And, and, mm. and like in that moment, he grabs her hand and they stand up and they start dancing. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. That's really nice. I guess they like this song. And then they told me their whole life story. It was really, you know, <laughs> it was really nifty. So, and now you've, like, um, you mentioned the bass, right? And I know you're yeah. all about the guitar, but you're also playing this great mandolin. How did it, you fall into that? It's, it's actually, it's called the bazooki. It's, uh, it's okay. a Greek, it's like a Greek mandolin. The technical term would be octave mandolin. It just has a longer neck. Uh, so it's got a lower, a lower resonance. Um, and it's just got a really beautiful tone. And a friend of it mine, went, a friend of mine went to Greece in like 2000, I want, I want to say 2005. She went to Greece and she, she had bought it for her, her then boyfriend. And then when she got back to, uh, from Greece, uh, they broke up long story mm -hmm. short. Mm -hmm. And she's, she, she gave it to me under the, and the, the promise was he's never allowed to touch it again. And she gave it to me. And, and you I, saw I, to it. And I held up my end of the deal. <laughs> But it's just such a, I don't know, I, I never actually learned to play a, a standard six-string guitar. It's not its not something I learned to play. I started on, on bass and then a little bit of slide guitar, then mandolin fell in my lap, and then the bazooki fell in my lap. And the bazooki was great because I've got, I've got kind of fat fingers, and getting in between the frets on a mandolin is a little tricky. The, the, the frets are very close together. But the bazooki's got a longer neck, and the frets are spread out a bit more, so it just it was like, this is built for me. Yeah. And it really was. I can't believe all the smoke on my face. <laughs> That's yeah, what happens fun. when you smoke. Yeah. Oh, my apologies to everyone on the West Coast. We still smoke <laughs> over here. <laughs> but, um, but now, yeah, also, I, you, you have this looping. Uh, it's uh, something yeah. that a lot of people are doing. Yeah, you do it with the mandolin, but it's not called a mandolin. It's a bazooki. Yeah. You do, you do, yeah, so this technology fell in your lap, and you really take advantage of it. Yeah, well... During lockdown, it became kind of it became more and more clear that I wasn't going to be having any gigs with my band anytime soon. So the thought of I'm going to have solo gigs, a lot of solo gigs in my future, came came to you know came to be like absolute fact. So I went out and bought this loop pedal, and uh, they make and they make, they make, this is a pretty neat one. I can hook a microphone up to it and get a little beat going, and you know build the song in the moment, which is a lot of fun and. Um, there's a great musician. Uh, I've been a fan of his work for God, like almost almost 25 years. I've been following this guy's career. His name's Keller Williams, just like the real estate company. But this guy's way cooler. Uh -huh. um, but he 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 works with a loop pedal, and he was working with loop pedals back in the day. He was one of the first musicians I I've ever became aware of that was a solo act working with loop pedals. And just one guy on stage would get the entire entire arena or entire auditorium or, or, or theater wherever he was playing everybody's dancing and it's just one guy up there yeah it's a it's really an amazing show but you know i'm nowhere near his caliber but uh you know i just started kind of playing with it and building songs and having fun with it and and just having fun with it and that's that's the main point of what i do is if i'm not having fun up there nobody yeah, yeah. And, the, and, and the same could be said for all all aspects of entertainers even if even if you're giving a a, a a Shakespeare soliloquy and you're and you're pouring your heart out and you're crying in the moment, you better be having fun, or or you know, it's not going to be... translate exactly exactly. So you know, that's that's just the thing. Like I've had I've had plenty of crappy jobs, but about uh, a little over ten years ago, 
I uh, I got laid off from from my last real job, uh-huh. de- delivering car parts, and I got laid I got laid off because I was you know I got fired because I was always late because I had I had gigs every night. So I, when I got fired, I just was like, all right, well, screw it. I'm just gonna start playing more shows because I was I looked at it like I was making I was making crappy money at this day job, mm-hmm. and I knew if I if I knew if I just worked five nights a week and played five shows a week at least that I could make as much if not more than what i was making it'll add up at the car part at the car park shop and and it, and it turned out i was right yeah and I, you know instead of making like after taxes i'm making like 104 dollars a day yeah working working a nine-hour shift i'm making at least 180 dollars 200 dollars for working for three four hours mm-hmm. i mean the math just you know <laughs> the math sells the whole thing you know not to say you know Everyone could do this because I don't know. No, but it takes a special individual, and that is you, my man. Now, the way we met each other was you're doing these music open mics. Now, it's always been my philosophy that, and Vin Vitale, our good friend together, was a part of this. It's always been my philosophy that, like, you go to a comedy open mic, and that's okay and everything, but it is a sea of comedians. And I'm doing real gigs, you know, at Scotty's every weekend. I'm going off to other places like Kentucky and Delaware. Got to be in front of real people. So the way to do that is go to a music open mic. None of them are comedians, you know. So I want to thank you for allowing me and my friends to get up there. You know, I really appreciate it. We're not doing music, and you say it's fine. I love it. It it, it, it it breaks up the show a little bit to have to, to pepper in a couple comics. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've always been a fan of, of, of comedy. I've, I've gone to shows at Caroline's and, you know, uh, which I hear is closing. Yes, it is closed. That's a bummer. That's a yeah, bummer. I, saw, I saw Louie there a couple times. When he uh-huh. came, yeah, yeah, like yeah. In the, in the late 90s, I snuck in. But uh, that's, you know, I've always been a fan of stand-up comedy. And, go, and I've been to... Uh, stand up open mic nights, as just as just as a you know as a patron, mm-hmm. and Audience. and I've and I've watched I've watched comics bomb, yes, in, at at an open mic in front of other comedians, and it's like yes. it's like it's like that one drop of blood in the water, and all the sharks <laughs> smell just it circle, mm-hmm. and and it's funny to see, and like and and I know it's part of the process, and it's just the way comics work and the way comics think and react i i I love it (laughs) but the way we react at 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 my open mics and music open mic nights if a guy bombs you don't boo you don't and you don't make fun of him yeah you just let him you let him know i mean you'll you'll get him next time yeah that's right you'll get him next time buddy you know we're it's it's my open mics music open mics inherently are are more like they're more like group therapy for musicians with a cash bar (laughs) (laughs) the best way i can describe them but the, you know, we just get together. And we we talk about we talk about music. We talk about our equipment. We do, you know, we're just big nerds. Everyone thinks musicians are cool. We're not cool. Yeah, we're, no. just, we're just giant nerds that ha- that happen to do something that chicks like. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to get to your podcast and plug mm-hmm. that. Now it's called You Good. It That's is. what it's, it's called. called. You Good. And now it's Y A. Yep. Good question mark. Now, what is this podcast about? How can people find it? You can find it on SoundCloud um, and follow our, There's a Facebook page as well uh, called You Good Podcast. And it's um, it's it's basically we, we, me and my friend Dylan Jacobus, we started this podcast to just kind of, uh, again, kind of just uh, like do what we do at open mic nights and talk shop. 
uh, and talk about the music scene in, in North Jersey, like like Jersey, but kind of specifically North Jersey. Um, just that's because where I'm. I'm uh, but uh, it's music based. It's all about it music. Is, okay. It is primarily music based, but we do we do go off topic. I know that uh, we've got a uh, we've got a couple of uh, shows that are coming up that are like the like we're going to do like a top ten list of annoying sounds. Okay. And that, and and some of those answers are definitely going to be music based, but some of those answers are not music based cuz yeah. one of the like one of my least favorite sounds in the world is when you uh when you when a car starts up and the belt squeaks. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, just, oh, just fix it. Up. Just fix it already. Just just yeah. fix it. It's a cheap it's a $20 belt. Just fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. One, one that bugs things. me is when uh the windows makes that sound like you screwed up. You know what I'm talking oh. about? <laughs> and sometimes you do something that you don't consider a screw up and Windows is like, bang, it was right through the windows. <laughs> that is an annoying sound. When you're like, okay, when I'm, so if, I'm, if I'm in the middle of mixing something or, or um, you know, editing the podcast or whatever, and like all of a sudden we get like 40 prompts about the mount, like our antivirus that I right. haven't updated because the computer works offline. I don't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're safe anyway. Yeah. So it's called You're Good. Yep. Why a good question mark? Yep. And we're looking at, to find it on SoundCloud, but there's also a Facebook group. Yeah, uh, the fa there's a Facebook page, um, page. And, and every time, when, whenever an episode drops, we share it on. The, we'll, we'll share the link on Facebook. Okay. Um, it's it's a small podcast. We're just starting it out. Um, we've only we we we've only been doing it consistently for like the past like two months. We took a long break after my kid was uh -huh. born. Um. Because, you know, which makes sense. Yeah. Well, you, you know, just as well as I do, buddy, when, when, <laughs> you know, when, when you start building that family, you got to start shifting your things around. And make everything fit. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Things go on hold. My uh, music career went on hold uh, when that happened, you know, uh, and, I, you know, when they got older, I came back to it, but I ended up in comedy. But I want to plug your EP. Now, you have uh, an EP out there. It's called. I've been called worse, which is a great title. Now, now it's an EP because it's short. And where can people find it? Tell me about it. And we, uh, you can find it pretty much wherever you can uh, you know, stream music from. It's available on all platforms. Uh -huh. um, and, iTunes uh, and SoundCloud. ITunes, SoundCloud. Uh, I believe it's on YouTube as well. Okay. If you, if you type in Nick Kena, I've been called worse. I believe it still I've pops up. I've been worse. Um, yeah. And... Uh, this is kind of what the album cover looks like. <laughs> well, I see the vinyl behind you there, yeah. just like I have vinyl. I bet you some Led Zeppelin is in there, of course. Uh, I have, I have, I have every studio album, and uh, the song remains the same. The the film soundtrack. I I also have a forty five of Hey Hey What Can I Do. Very nice, so, perfect. That's a rare find. I got that for What's a quarter at a, at a garage sale. I got that. I got that forty five for a quarter at a garage sale. Blew my mind. A quarter? They didn't know what they were they selling. No idea what they had. And it's what's it's on the, the flip? What's on the flip? It's the it's the B side actually. The A side is immigrant song. Oh, hey, what a great collection! That those immigrant. are two great songs. So when when well when 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 Zeppelin three came out, Atlantic Records said we want we want to put out a single. Led Zeppelin said no, we don't do singles. And Atlantic went and did it anyway. They yeah. took Immigrant Song, and then they grabbed Hey, Hey, What Can I Do off the shelves and put it together. And that, that's actually kind of what the last straw was, which that's, the, like, that, that's one of the arguments that led Zeppelin, led, led, led Zeppelin <laughs> to, uh, to forming their own label because they, they were losing autonomy 
uh, at Atlantic. Yeah. They didn't have control over their product. And right. So, yeah. So, and, and, and just, just like Led Zeppelin does, <laughs> I wanted to be just like them. I, uh, <laughs> I, this, this EP was self-produced. Uh, well, not self-produced. I like, you know, like, but I, you know, no label or nothing. Me, me and Dylan Jacobus, uh, Connor Larkin, uh, Victor Phillips on, uh, he's my, he's, uh, a great producer, uh, and, uh, and Sean Fairley, a uh, fantastic drummer. We put this together during lockdown and actually a lot of what was recorded was recorded. Um, like a lot of what ended up on the final product I recorded in a, in a, in a pantry during lockdown. Mm-hmm. I was stuck. I was stuck in Pittsburgh with my now fiance, uh, during the first few months of lockdown. And, we wanted to get some work done, but I had no equipment with me, just just my bazooki and my and my songbook. But I also had I had my tablet and I had my cell phone, so I I I, I kind of just jury rigged a coat rack to hold up my uh, my tablet down here and my phone up up about, about head level. And I sat in I, I stood in in this in this pantry with the door closed and a yoga mat over my head to soundproof mm-hmm. it. Looked, right. I, looked, I must have looked like a really like really normal guy, but uh, <laughs> and I recorded a lot of my vocals and and some of the bazooki in that in that pantry. Sent it back to Jersey, and they and they were so they were working on and Victor, oh, Victor Phillips remotely. especially he was working on producing a lot of it while it was still stuck in Pittsburgh. And then I got back into Jersey, and then and then we went into the studio. We went to a, original music school of Morristown, which has some pretty cool recording studios as well, and. Uh, and we just, me and the boys, just banged out what, what was left, and Sounds good. And, and then we put it out. But yeah, it's just it was, it was not your, it was not the way a a, a typical uh, album <laughs> is put out. No, and, <laughs> by I've been called worse. Mm-hmm. Okay, now Nick Kina, everyone at home is poised to watch this film at the exact same same time as we do here in the studio. Right so on. everyone at home, they've got to press play at the same time as we do here in the studio. And that's what you're here for. So why don't you go ahead, Nick Kina, and give us that celebrity countdown. Wait, 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 hang on, I gotta ask, what's the movie? The movie is called Saturn Three. It's from 1980. Now this stars Farrah Fawcett and it's got, um, uh, Kirk Douglas and uh, I forget. Yeah, it's it's like a science fiction uh, film, and it's from the seventies. It it was filmed in seventy eight, seventy nine, even though it was released in nineteen eighty. It's right after Star Wars, so you see a lot of Star Wars influence in it. <laughs> it it's it Harvey Keitel, Harvey Keitel, uh, Keitel is... and Kirk Douglas. Oh my god, I'm watching. <laughs> And there's a crazed robot, you know, everyone's going to love this film. It's not the best film, but they're going to enjoy watching it with us. I bet they will. I bet they will. This sounds, this sounds like a real stinker and I can't wait. Yes. Right. <laughs> okay. Now, Nick Kina, okay. everyone at home, they are poised to watch this film. Same time we do in the studio. They got to press play same time. So why don't you go ahead, Nick Kina, and right, give thanks. us that Celebrity Countdown. Thanks so much for having me, Carl. Keep kindness in your hearts and on your minds. Three, two, one, go! Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown, and thank you, Weird Beginning Movie. Oh, I want to thank that Celebrity Comedian. I haven't heard it yet, but it was fantastic. It oh, was the best ones. This turn is the, the logo for It is up, dude. Go ahead. Turn it up. Go ahead. It is. It's hot. <laughs> Mike Green is giving me no music. 
There's no music going on. Yeah, that's my joke. There is no music in the beginning. We're going to get some music in a minute. Carl, I have it at 100. <laughs> now, look how this was. This was a 1980s for two-second font, right? Right. Right at the beginning of the 1980s. For like the first three months, you would see a book in this title. You would see, you know, it didn't last for some reason. What was it, like Dreamscape was 1980? The Nude Bomb with... Maxwell Smart. It's a weird year, 1980 yeah. for movies. Yeah. A lot of weird movies came out that year. Reagan just arrived. We still had Carter on our brain. You could tell the clothing is like the 70s. Well, I do like that Farrah Fawcett has top billing of this Kirk Douglas movie. Yeah. Now, it's shot in 78, by the way. So everything we're going to see on the screen was the late 70s. But it, this is 1980 when it releases. And her name is First even though she should, it shouldn't be, but she was the more famous person. This is pretty good for non-computer non graphics. Now, Star Wars had come out. Everybody knew it. Right. And right now we're going to get, is it an homage to Star Wars, or is it like we better do this because that's what people expect in space movies now? Well, you want to set the stage. You want to show the vastness of space, the planet that is set, and then humanity's uh, technology... Yeah, improvement. Like, look how advanced we are. Yeah. Now well, you should the hear music. Okay. I can't hear it. I can't hear it. Mike, turn I can't hear it. I, I'm turning up this. I got to lower the sound. I can't hear it. What? Mike, turn the sound down so we can see if the sound goes up. Turn up the sound. Okay. Okay, so... <laughs> Um, there is Star Wars, which I'm calling Episode One because that's chronological. The New Hope, which it wasn't called. Yes, it was in the beginning credits. This was the scene. It was a blank thing of space, and then over it went that Star Destroyer. That's exactly what they did. You sure. know, live, frame for frame. Well, wasn't that like Alien and Red Dwarf? I guess Red Dwarf was being playful. They always have the space model they want to show off at the beginning. Yeah. You know, now, you gotta set the stage. But isn't this whole movie is like a sexy robot just kill chases after Kirk Douglas in the in the space station? That's a good guess. It is not that, but yes, that is it. <laughs> okay. It's not that, but you're so close, you just missed the nail. Right? Now, Your Stanley, next swing, you're gonna hit it. So I always I was telling Carl that I get this movie mixed up with, of course, Capricorn One, which is when uh -huh. they faked the moon landing, and that was directed with OJ Simpson and it was directed by Peter Hyam. Who's but this Stanley Nonan is is he singing in the rain, Carl? Yeah, he's the director for Singing in the Rain, which he co-did with um uh Gene, Gene Kelly? Kelly. Yeah. He did two with Gene Kelly. He uh was he did one called On the Town in 1949. Isn't that the one with Frank Sinatra? New York, New York. Or no, that's anchors. Yeah, away. I think so. And they're they're was that the one where they're like a Navy ship and they were docked in New York for the weekend? Right. Yeah, they got a weekend. I can't tell if that's Anchors Away or I think it's on the town. That's right. a great movie. Anchors Away, I think, was a song in, uh, you know, Wash That Man Right Out of My Hair. Oh, Why yeah, are we yeah, talking yeah, right. about this? Never mind. Okay. Oh, so we're in space. Here we, yes. Now we are space faring. Faring civilization, yes, I like and that. because we're by Saturn now, that's pretty fucking far. Okay, so 
I have no idea why this guy does it, but he murders this his captain and steals like a cylinder, which I'll just give away because we spoiled things here, which is going to okay. end up being a robot. Okay. But I don't know why he does it. He's stealing a cylinder, which will become a robot, like a robot yes. cylinder. Right. So here's the captain and he's running into the locker room where he stored his cylinder. Okay. Okay. Doesn't make any sense. Right. Look it's at this 1970s gym. <laughs> Well, it's the future. They just everything is in buttons. Yes. Here is my cylinder. Because it's right. laughing. Yes. <laughs> Look at my no, briefcase. Because and and no, you know, papers. Space. Right. Now, who's this guy? He goes, "Hey, so I heard you failed the mental exam. Tough break, buddy." <laughs> this dude hey. starts going for the airlock. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. After you tell him you lost your mental case. Right. Mental then he goes, no, no, don't react negatively to my comment and push the button and kill me. Go ahead, turn it up if you want. <laughs> He's gripping on to the seventies the seventies gym uh benches aren't gonna save you in deep that space. They're not. Oops, slice. No. Yes. Look at that. Does it that make a noise, bro? That was cut from other versions because it was like considered so disgusting. When I saw it, it looked like such a not human body that I didn't even. It's flip. the only interesting thing I saw. I never seen a body get sliced in space. You saw it going out there. You said, "Oh, he's going to get sliced," and they sliced him. <laughs> hey, no running in the space lobby. Hey, no run, no running in the space. No, see, that's supposed to be cool because it's upside down, but it's lost on me the first time I ever saw this film. Zero gravity. So they think he's the captain, and he is now oh, getting into the captain pod. They didn't tell that this captain's ass looks a lot better now. Like it could be someone else. <laughs> yeah, they didn't notice. It fit though. Okay, I was just buggy. admiring your pleasure center. Don't call it that. <laughs> Ow! Just kidding. All right, now that's their symbol. You see on the wall, that'll be on yeah. their jackets and stuff. We are a space barring. I'm sorry, go ahead. We we got pretty far, Saturn. Yeah. Oh, so is this this isn't like NASA? This is like a private corporation? No, I think it's like a NASA. Bugging out. What I mean to say is it's there isn't really corporate uh, Earth is like starving and they have this this base on Saturn, which is just clouds. Okay, it's on the third yeah. moon of Saturn. That's why it's called Saturn Three, where they're like oh. growing experimental food. Okay, and that's where he's headed. Not once are we going to make a prequel joke or a sequel joke, or because I haven't seen Saturn One or Two. <laughs> it's the third moon. The first moon of uh, Saturn is just a dead rock. It's just a dead rock. The second moon of Saturn has dancing girls, and there's like it's sort of like <laughs> Miami in space. There's there's I never uh, leave that one. You can gamble. There's like a casino thing, and no, but Saturn three they're coming up with food for Earth. 
like no. experimental foods that they could grow on Earth's shitty environment. What if the moons hit the rings? Oh, the moons ever ever no. like hit the rings? No, They're because basically. the way it's it, it's in a locked thing now. Gravity yeah. fucked okay. with it, and it got into a locked thing. So no, the moons will never bump the. He's riding in the the rings right now. Right, isn't it cool? Yeah, look, there's no rock right in front of him. It's a Sioux sailing. Well, because it's the rings, you see. You see how he sort of like went underwater? He's really going into yeah. a cloud. He's going through the Saturn's ring. Now, now, Star Wars had come out and it had changed everything. And people doing space movies knew they had to fucking do space. They can't fuck right. around with strings and shit. The audience is sophisticated now. They want to well, see. Well, you talk how... about this is still 1977. Alien came out in 79, and that was like a haunted house in outer space movie, right? Where they're trapped in a haunted house and there's a monster yeah, chasing yeah. them. So yeah. And they, they, they likened this to Alien, to which this um, Donnan director was like, no, 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 no. Uh, you know. Um, We're more Star Wars. Well, he. Excuse me. Hold on one minute. Um, there's this guy named Barry. Yeah, John Barry. John Barry wrote the story. He was like, no, 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 no. John Barry thought this up like year, like 76 or some bullshit. Right. Okay, now. But it's, yeah. Go ahead and ask your question because I can hold up on the. Oh, no. I was just saying that so far in my mind, I feel like this movie is a alien type movie where there's a guy trapped on a space station with a killer robot. Yes. That is what's kind of going on here. But the thing is, Alien had the suspense and edge of your seat, like a Hitchcock, that this doesn't right. have. This does not have that. Now, well, what about, also, um, oh, sorry, Carl, go ahead. No, it's just there's not supposed to be any atmosphere, and we're seeing gas. It doesn't make sense. But you were saying, go ahead. No, there's another uh, science fiction movie with Sam Neill, like, it's in outer space, and... Uh, there's like demons in outer space, and it's an abandoned spaceship. I don't remember the name. Oh, of it. Everyone loves yes. that film. Yes, it was an abandoned spaceship, right? And and it's one. It's like the port of hell. And then there's like Solaris, which is like a guy goes off in outer space. So it was a Russian movie, and then a Dracuni yeah, movie. Like a, it isn't a reincarnation. It's like somebody stole him or something. He got yeah, mad. like yeah, creepy. Yeah. What was that haunted one? I can see it in my mind. In my mind, see. too. Yeah, floating around. Right. Extreme <laughs> blood measure. No, I know what well, it is. It's it's from the director of... Uh, oh, God. Look at the good Mortal space. Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Movie. Okay, so... Two spacemen who live on the food place welcome this person from the head of their organization and okay. without any question. Now, like I said before, I don't know why he killed the captain to come here because he is here on per like their production is down. So they want he wants to give them a robot to help with production and it unfortunately i mean one of them will get retired but it will up production and you know earth can eat that kind of thing right so why kill the captain and be like i'm going down there to give it to them not you <laughs> didn't make sense 
That makes sense. Oh, Harvey Keitel. But his voice is overdubbed. Now check out this chick. Wait, what? Really? We should listen to that. Hey, okay. Flara. <laughs> Flara Flossett? No, no. Flara Flossett. I want to hear Harvey Cartel. Hi. Well, we won't talk for a little while. Sorry. I'll tell All you right. what. Oh, what was that movie? Um... I remember on South Park, they parodied it. And there were two oh, spaceships. Good. One was like an all-night party house, and the other one was haunted. <laughs> it was like the Ron Don John and the John Don Ron, something like that. You Did know you I was that? looking at the movies he wrote, not the movies he directed. Event Horizon for 1997. Oh, no, I... Event okay. Horizon. It's got so you, listen... to be that, but there wasn't there another one with the Jurassic Park guy was called Event Horizon? It's got to be. That was it. Yeah, it's got to be. It, it was like, hey, there's a ship out there and we're getting a distress signal, but it's abandoned. And we go over there and the demons of hell are showing you your past, Carl. And they're like, what? Oh, no. How'd you know? Okay, now we'll like talk. All right. Uh, why why would they do that is he a robot harvey uh no the reason they did it is because he has a brooklyn accent he has a brooklyn accent and he has a brooklyn accent so boo -hoo. Yeah. well in post-production the director was like this will never work so he gave him like a mid-atlantic accent that was sort of upper class uh that way he could i don't know it just served better the purpose of his film he claims but but harvey can tell the the actor himself redubbed himself no he refused to harvey Keitel really hated the director and they fought on set and so when it was in post-production he's like oh hi hello harvey tell oh. me are you free on friday no i'm not oh that brooklyn accent of yours listen <laughs> would you please come to the studio no i will not Hang up. I'm sorry. I, I, I've, it must be the brawl of your Brooklyn accent, but I, I could mistakenly hear you say, no, I will not. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, What's it when it came, um, Sarah Fawcett got $750,000 to do this, and, and Harvey Keitel got ninety. So, like, right away, it's like, what the fuck? You know? She's top billing, and he's not. He's underneath uh, uh, Kirk Douglas. Yes, he is underneath Kirk Douglas, which often Paraphosic will be in this film. <laughs> did, did you get oh, that, good. Andra? I did. I actually made that joke. I said, not literally, but I think yours is better. Oh, damn. You did? Damn. Yeah, hear it. You know when I oh, hear Space stuff Cave. sometimes on the, on the broadcast? <laughs> I know. Sometimes I'm like, God, why did I step on the cross joke? It was really good. <laughs> well, it's really the other way around, like crazy. And I know the audience probably knows what I'm talking about. I'm focusing on telling you bullshit and like you're in the right. middle and of the I'm, bar. I miss I'm that trying to riff on what you're saying and not necessarily the movie sometimes. We got to keep going. Take this space pill. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, Farrah Fawcett has never been to Earth. And he's like, child, you don't know what you're missing. Here's a space pill. She goes, what? Space pill? She's all innocent. Okay. There's the cylinder. It's Tell a me about Brooklyn. 
<laughs> so she's human, right? In this beginning of the movie, Sarah Farrah Fawcett is not a robot. No, yes. Or is not they, presented as a robot. There are no the only there will only be one robot, and it won't be any of our cast members. Oh, I for this whole time I thought Farrah Fawcett was the killer robot. Oh, gotcha. No, like how how cool would be that? A sexy killer robot, right? In that <laughs> well, voice? right now she's a space chick. Space there was chick, some. Oh, there was that film called Species, and there was yeah, right. Natasha Leone. No, not right. Natasha Leone. Natasha. Shit, I don't remember. And so she seduced the one guy, and then she goes, "I really want to have a baby with you." And he's like, "Whoa, honey, hold on now. We're <laughs> just on first date here." Right. But she gets pissed off and kills him. I never seen any of the species movies, species movies. Oh well, she has to procreate to get. She's a species. She's got to procreate to get it going with the you know on oh. Earth and in, in, invade you know kind of. So she does a courting ritual with the man, you know, and then when they're alone, I think it was a hot tub involved. They're going to do it. She's like, I want to have a baby. I'm not understanding human culture. Oh wait, wait, so wait, wait like we like, just saw. Whoa. Now, there is a naked scene, and we will not see it. Well, we just saw a naked scene. I just saw her topless. Yeah. Uh -huh. Are you sure? We Did can't you rewind. Or... We can't rewind. We've gone too far. Yeah, I saw a nipple. Michael uh -huh. saw the nipples. Star. Star. Well, I guess... I I don't see how I could have missed that seeing this so many times, but she's see she's not oh, naked. See, not naked. Well, you should be naked in front of your grandfather, Carl. <laughs> oh, and you know it's a grandfather because he's going to take Viagra. See the blue pill. <laughs> he take the blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, OG. Now what happened is we heard the dog. The dog got trapped in the lab again. I'll get him. Right. Okay. Now, the only reason that happens is so later the dog could get killed. Because we're not going to have this dog hanging around with them, being friends. No, not at all. We see the dogs now, and then we see the dog dead. It's like the remnant of the haunted house, right? You have a dog that, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> that's what I say back in Brooklyn. Oh, that's Bronx. <laughs> yeah, right. He was like, hey, get out of here. And then the overdub is like, <laughs> Young lady, please. Young lady. <laughs> Go ahead, turn it on. You'll hear his robot voice. That was weird. <laughs> He's got a rat tail for, for a minute. Yeah, you see. Look at that rat tail. Behind him is a circle. And this circle, he will interface with the robot. And the robot won't take years of training to become, it'll just suck it up from yeah. his brain. So, Harvey Keitel's got to have selective thinking, just program the robot. But that doesn't work out. He absolutely does not selectively think. And the robot kind of gets Harvey Keitel's personality without a moral compass. Wait a minute, I'm lost. So the robot's going to take over Harvey Keitel's body? Nope. Harvey have Keitel's we met the robot gonna, yet? You know how you program a computer? He will program yeah, sure. with his real brain. He'll. I go. I, I use basic. I go ten. Go to pun, uh, pornhub.com. Twenty. L print. Question mark. Yeah. Thirty. Go to Ted. 
Ew's. Yep. Why is he watching? The whole thing is gross. I don't know. Is it so gross? I mean, he's she's reading. He hasn't had the stroke yet. Now we saw him in another movie with Dan Aykroyd. Diamonds. Right. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, and he. It was right after Kurt Douglas's stroke. You know, one of my favorite bad movies is from nineteen eight mid eighties. It's called Tough mm -hmm. Guys, with Burke Lancaster, Kirk Douglas playing these nineteen forties thirties con men who finally mm -hmm. get out of the clink in the eighties, and everything's changed. Their local bars, a gay bar, that type of thing, and they have the <laughs> parole officer is Dana Carvey. It's a really good movie. I mean, it's by really good. I mean, it's just is it called Tough Guys? Yeah, I should it's see on it. every. Okay. Did you have cable for the last 40 years? You might have seen it. <laughs> okay. Probably I'll just go to the trailer on YouTube and go, oh, yeah, I saw this. Look at them doing and their 1970s-style exercise in the year 20, you know, 50. No. I, I like it. How... Yeah, but the... look at the gravity. It's Earth gravity. He's just walking along. It's a movie set, right? I mean, they're at Pinewood Studios or whatnot. But the stuff they built is all kind of looks practical. I mean, obviously it's not like a greenhouse, but the lights must be blaring at them. Now this took a lot of money to build and the budget was kind of wrecked up the film. The budget was 10 million. The box office was 9 million, but he had pre-sold it to NBC for 4 million. So he did make a profit, but it didn't ever mean to cost over 10 million. What happened is he got a payday instead of getting rich off this film. That's why he's crying. Okay. Um, Who, the director or, or the star? Yeah. Well, no, the, um, the production company Family. is called ITC and it was this locks guy, Lou grade, Lou grade is his name. Okay. He was like the guy who was stood to get pretty rich off this film and instead just got a payday. Um, they were making raise the Titanic at the same time, and that went way ass over budget. So that's it. Lou Grade, after these two films, he really didn't do much else. I believe we did raise the Titanic on this show. <laughs> Either that or it was like two hours and we couldn't do it, but <clears throat> I think it's on there. Oh, look at this. Wait, Talk about we it. didn't do raise the Titanic. You and me, or? Well, I think this, I, I don't know if it was with you, Carl. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Okay. But I don't think I, yeah, I think we did do it. Like, I want to hear sex like, talk. Go ahead. Let's hear oh, sex yeah, talk. Yeah. I know why you're denying me hospitality. We offered you another place. I'm talking about you. Your body is very beautiful. Oh, gross. <laughs> I'm not interested. On Earth, we use each other's bodies to give ourselves pleasure. No. I don't know that. I'm not from Earth. I am admiring your pleasure center. Don't call it that. Can't believe you. You get you hire Harvey Keitel because he's Harvey Keitel. No one else has that voice. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, it wasn't a happy set. You see, this guy named John Barry. He was really a production designer, and he was very famous for doing Star Wars. You know, and okay. when he left this film, he went on to do Empire Strikes Back. I mean, uh, George Lucas went out of his way to like down to a Mexico film set where he was working to like hire this guy. Well, anyway, this guy had never directed before. So, I mean, Donnan was being a producer and he was like, go ahead, you direct it. But he sucked. He sucked. And because oh. he sucked, the 
actors started taking advantage of that. So Donnan had to come down and say, look, I got to be with you on the set every day to make sure that you're doing this right. He goes, so that's not going to work. So he got, he quit, but was at the same time fired. He does have a story credit, right? In this yes, movie. he did write yeah. this story. See the brain? Yeah. It's, it's a it's newborn a fresh brain, which will be imprinted, you know, programmed basically by Kaitel's selective thinking all right so that brain is the robot yes and they the brain just needs a corporal body i don't know what the word corporal means no it needs a well yes it it will have a machine body it will be your traditional robot that you okay. think of okay so this makes a little more sense because this movie doesn't make any sense look at farrah fawcett nipples oh wait that's kirk douglas sorry <laughs> that's his rib cage Look at her <laughs> faucet's nipples. No, that's. I Kurt thought Douglas your boobs were just sagging, Michael, uh, Mr. Douglas. He doesn't have six pack abs, Kirk Douglas. He has like a barrel, right? <laughs> He's one of those guys with the barrel. Yeah. Do some old timey boxing with my little mustache and my weird body. Yeah. Right now, we're discussing. Oh, he di I was wrong. There's the dog. Right. But this dog was only born in this movie to be killed, I assure you. So, wait, what is the does the dog die.com say? It's got to say the dog dies. Yeah. Um, I'll check. It, it's, um, they were just lamenting the fact that one of them is going to be retired and replaced by this robot. And she's like, we've got to stay together. We can get recommissioned or something. You Are see they the, go to the space bar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the robot is building, being built. This thing took one million million dollars to build. No, it's it cost over a little over a million to make. Isn't that stupid? What's with the space pill? Is this like space ecstasy? Okay, so that's the way they're acting. He goes, I am tired, take me to my quarters. And she's like, have a nice sleep. And he goes, I'll just take a blue and crash. So now, like, that makes me think it's a sleeping pill, right? Yeah. But now they're acting like it's whoopee, but they're really not going to get high. All right, Carl, I have to give you the does the dog not, does the dog die dot com. Okay. Does the cat die? No. Does the dog die? Yes. Does the animal die? No. Are animal abused? No. Dog fighting? Is there a dead animal? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's basically it. So there yes, is, there is a dead animal, and it's really is gross. Someone, someone stalked. Yes, someone using drugs. Yes, sexually assaulted. Yes, sexually assaulted. Uh, no. Yeah, got flagged. Is there eye mutilation? Yes. Is a head gets squashed? Yes. Is wait, wait, wait. Yes. Uh, uh, um. Okay, actually, some of those are uh, some of those are stretches and opinions, but yeah, I guess it's true. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to spoil it, but I mean the thing about this, it goes beyond the dog. So. Oh yeah, no, I mean Harvey Keitel himself is going to. Everybody's going. Not everybody's going to buy it, but. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But it's official. The dog does die. According to does the dog die dot com. Oh, got that that robot blue liquid going up the veins. Yep. This is his unique. I don't I now know all the works of Ben Franklin now because the fluids in my abdomen. 
right? Because you Adam, want more knowledge. Adam is. Goes up. Uh, he didn't learn that yet. The worst I guess gravity's upside down here. Because going up. This, yeah. It's a lot. It's a little bit of Frankenstein, right? Space, yeah. space Frankenstein. Right. Um, the director says that it's more like Frankenstein than aliens. Still. Well, that's kind of cool. The space genre being twisted around. So this time it's a Frankenstein story in space. Mm-hmm. That's all my movie pitches were. In space, back in the day. <laughs> Listen, they're, they're open micers and they're driving across country to do <laughs> a competition space. in space. Space of micers. Listen, space you micers. At, okay, listen. Do you want to do that movie? Because we can do it. But I National mean, Lampoon's up in micers. Yeah, we got to write our script. Yeah, but we can't. I I will not go with a story that wraps up with the best thing they could ever do is quit comedy. Okay, we'll have to chase the ending. That would be the alternative I mean, ending on the like, DVD. Like you thought that was so funny. He quits comedy and he's a happy life. You see him on social media. He's got a nice car. Everything's good. Come on. Well, then at the end, well, how about after the credits end, he goes back to a mic. But you can't have a happy ending for an open micers becoming famous story if it's right. quitting comedy made them so happy. It's just, I cannot, I cannot. Okay. All right. All right. So let's change it. So they they win the competition. Yeah. They get second place. And they'll be Chris Rock. Yeah. It ends with them doing a show uh, at Red Rocks. Yeah, like in U2. Uh, yeah, like where Steve, Steve Martin performed uh, King Tut there on stage. <laughs> okay, building, so... building, building a robot in space. <laughs> so now he's plugging into the back of his head. Direct input. Direct input, back of Kytel head. Right. Careful of rat tail. Rat tail charging 2%. I hope he doesn't back his butt up and that was their direct input and starts feeding the robot. Harvey Keitel was, had a real streak in the 90s, but in the 80s, I, I'm trying to think what other movies he was in. I didn't really recognize him until well, like, the 90s. it was that Harvey Keitel... Um, mean Streets is his famous yeah, what's one. What's the director's name? Okay, hold on. I'll just look uh, it up. Scorsese? Yeah, yeah. He's like an Taxi all driver. Scorsese yeah. films. And that sort of made him he was really guess, big in Europe too. Um, yeah, here it is. Known oh, for the morally ambiguous tough guy. Okay, uh, six of Martin Scorsese's film. Who's knocking at my door? Sixty-seven. Mean Street. Right. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Taxi Driver. Last Temptation of Christ in eighty in eighty-eight. Right. In the 80s, I don't see much. In the 90s, I see a lot. Thelma and Luis, The Reservoir Dogs, Bad Lieutenant, Pulp Fiction, From Dust Till Dawn, Holy Smoke, Copland, Youth. Well, no. He was in the monkey business too, right? He, he, had, a, he had a monkey that uh, would steal people's wallets. He had this routine uh, down in Venice Beach. I don't remember that. <laughs> That's funny, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Look oh, at the great. monkey! So you're saying that he probably was pulling out of the tail end of the 70s with his Circe run. Right. And he got this space movie that was kind of DOA to begin with. 
It was having troubles from the start. It wasn't dead on arrival. Uh, oh, robot's yeah, going to play the, chess. The director was a really bad director. And What are you um, talking about? Didn't you never seen a movie called Singing in the Rain? It was at the <laughs> okay. end of Babylon. Didn't you watch okay. three hours of Babylon no, no, no. at the end? Okay, okay, rewind, rewind. There was an original director, and this guy's name was John Barry. And he was really a production designer, and he even did but Star he, Wars. Okay, he was a he very was, bad director. He was very bad, and uh, Michael, I mean, um, Kirk Douglas and him fought, fought, and when he quit the production, which was really him getting fired, Mike, uh, Kirk Douglas, Kirk. he was the director for two days. Kirk Douglas said, "Good, he's out. Fuck that guy." Okay, you over here. I want a two camera <laughs> setup. Let's wash the lights out here. Farah, Farah, come closer. Roll them. Uh -oh. Direct input. That's oh, maybe the rat tail covers up the hole. Yeah. Ooh, he got it on the first try, Carl. Yeah, because it's a movie. Right. It would have taken me six times to get that thing in the back of my head and straight. Now first it's thing. unclear to me if Kaitel. He said he can know chess because I know chess. So is Kaitel playing chess with Kirk or is the robot? Do you think it's combined? Like here is the rules, my robot overlord, and he's like processing. Mm-hmm. Look, they I spent all this money for a robot to play chess. You know, there's computer chess. In the future, there's also computer chess. They don't really need a robot. Well, even though well, this is proven the future, himself. it's the past. The robot's like, uh, now that he doesn't have Kratel's intelligence, he's like, check me. Uh, uh, well, king me, I mean. Well, Kirk Douglas, king me, right. He thinks it's checkers. So Kirk Douglas will now get checkmate, and the robot will be angry and ruin a piece. Here we go, checkmate. And nobody's going to, he's going to, nobody's going to bat an eye. Johnny Five pissed off. Johnny Five pissed off. Johnny Five angry. That was my short circuit. <laughs> that is circuit his name, Johnny Five. No, I've never seen Short Circuit, but I've seen Short Circuit too. But in Short Circuit One, uh, Johnny Five the robot says Johnny Five alive. I guess I never saw that or its sequel. Yeah. Do you recommend I see it? No, I mean okay. it's cultural. Like the second one, it's it's uh. What's it Fisher called Stevens, again? Uh, uh, what is it called? Short Circuit. It's okay. called Event Horizon. E-V-E-N-T. Event Horizon. Oh, plug in. Look, gets it on the first go. Hey, I brought the milk home. Okay, wait. Let's hear more sex creepy talk. Go ahead. Okay, all right. Whoa, he's got a big one. <laughs> now look you see Kaitel is looking so therefore the robot is looking so the robot's gonna get the hots for Farrah Fawcett I know I, I does the dog that told me I keep calling it does the dog dot die why does the because dog it's die? the dog die oh. dot com dot com now look at Kirk. He sees what's going on. He looks like Marty McFly's uh, friend. Oh, yes. Man, in the future, you guys have a great parlor room. 
<laughs> now, what they're doing right now is they're like Kaitel's cautioning, like, how can you have selective thinking? Anything that goes into it from his brain into that robot is going to, he's going to become Harvey Keitel as a robot. And that could mean with all his human oh, greed no. and lust. So he's trying uh, to prove Carl. that he can be. Yeah. Carl. Uh -huh. Later. All right, here we go. We're not going to see it. Nope. Oh, all right. So you're as you were saying. See it. I didn't see anything. They filmed it too. And, and it did not make it into the final movie. There's an 87 minute cut. When it goes on NBC, a lot of extra scenes were put in that they shot. I've got a whole long list here. It's a little boring. Oh, so and this was like a two-hour NBC extravaganza, but to make it two hours, they needed to take out the sexy and added some filler? Um, I don't think it's filler. Let me go They just They just padded it? Was it like a three-hour event? Was it a two-part? Um, uh, when the film was broadcast on NBC in mid-1984, a number of scenes that had been edited out of the original print had been restored. And there I've got a list of like a dozen. Wow. Anything Adam interesting? offering to take Alex to Earth. Alex voicing your concern for Adam about Hector outside the complex. Adam taking Hector outside in the moon buggy. That seems like a major sequence, right? Right. Um, Benson asking how Al he okay she, right now he's having she had an accident like a glass a shard of glass or something like went into her eye and now she's resisting but the robot will take it out so it's sort of like Gross. a trust building thing. This is I read about this on the dog die dot. <laughs> does it, the eye get does. poked? Does the eye get poked? Dot. Does the I dot poked get dot com? Yeesh. Yeesh. Hate these scenes. There's a famous cinematic scene, of course, where I get slashed by Razor. Here it comes. Here it comes. Really awful. Yeah. Don't worry, okay. it's in black Here and white. It comes, it now it'll come. Now it'll come. Oh, man. Look away. Look away. Look away. Ouch. Ew, how'd they do that, Carl? That's gross. Did they really shoot yeah, it like that? Better. They had a super late. That had been special effects. Um, there was no computer graphics in this day. It's all practical. Well, maybe they matted. Maybe they superimposed 35 millimeter side by side or some bullshit like that. Like it was now, Mary this, Poppins. Maybe. They yeah. didn't. Now, this didn't win a Razzie. It was just nominated, and it didn't win the bad movie, The Stinkers. The so Razzies movie. came out in, I guess, 1980. And what, what was it? Like Village first? People and Xanadu. Like, there was a lot of bad movies in 1980. This was a banner year for bad movies. Gotcha. Okay, you see that's the garbage? He's emptying the garbage? Yeah. Okay, good. Remember that for later. Okay, garbage in the first act comes back in the third. Now there is Space a little bit trash. Mike, Mike, it's, there's Mike. This is important yes. for our viewers. Okay. There is some pokiness of nipples, but you've got right, to I'm really looking. be attentive to her chest to catch them. Oh, she's burying them now. But so I'm just letting our audience okay. know. No, no. in this particular scene, not others, be attentive to Farah's chest because there. Every now and again, you'll catch a poke, like there's a shadow of a shade of. You'll see okay. The poke. So there is space chunk. Gotta keep uh, eye on space junk. That's gonna play later, and then keep an eye on the robe. Okay, gotcha. now 
At the first rap Golden Raspberry Awards, this was nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Actor as Kirk Douglas, and Worst Actress as Farrah Fawcett. None of them won. Now, the Stinker's Bad Movie Awards, I guess that went away, right? Is that I, yeah, still a maybe. Thing? I don't know. Well, it was nominated for Worst Actress and Worst Screen Couple. Yeah, the Worst Screen Couple for sure. Now, this is when Kaitel starts to realize something Murder. fucked up's going on. Yeah, he's like, you're not supposed to know that I did. You're not supposed to remember that. Clank, you know, blanket is what they call it. Erase it, right? Oh, I see. Does does uh, Harvey have like a past? Like he's he killed another spaceship or something? And well, he's... yes, in the beginning he killed the captain. He got sliced. That up. was Harvey. I didn't realize that. Right, because then he went. He got in the ship and flew here. So, so he is he on the lamb? What? He's not he... faking. He he's he's not faking who he is, right? He, he was supposed to go on that ship anyway. He is faking that he's the captain. Yes. He he's is faking gotcha. that he's happy. But nope. why? Why did he want to deliver the robot and not the captain? I, I don't understand the point of the plot. Like the Yeah. Okay. Another thing. I, I don't understand it at all. I didn't realize. Yeah. They're out of contact with the mothership. Like they're in the shadow of Saturn or some crap. So they got to wait 23 days or 24 days until they come around. So there's this time. <laughs> you see how he's like, you're malfunctioning. Robot, you are. You are. I hate when robots do that. I'm rubber. Oh. You, you're glue. You're, you're malfunctioning. Oh, <gasps> you know what, Carl? I'm rubber. You're glue. 10. Prince. I'm rubber. <laughs> you're glue. 20. Go to Ted. <laughs> I'm rubber. You're glue. Go to 10. Everything is, 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 keeps going, you're, just keeps going over and over again. No, you are. Oh, now there's another one of the dog, and the dog, I guess, will get a more expanded role now. Right. No, he won't. He'll get killed. Oh, my God. I can't, Carl, I can't wait to go to the theater to watch a robot kill a dog. It <laughs> <laughs> just tugs on your heartstrings. What was a good <laughs> movie where a dog dies, right? Okay. And, like Try, I'm to think of, oh John Wick number one like Beethoven Beethoven oh I see the Beethoven was hysterical did not see it. I would say John Wick is my favorite dog dad movie well Benji you know that. Is, well th we don't see do we see it is your favorite dog dad movie yeah. what do you think of this fourth one coming aren't they just doing that for the commercialism you're talking about is they this said this is well dad? It's broken into chapters. They said there's supposed oh, to be five look. John Wick movies. See that? Did you see it? The dog was decapitated. Did you see it? You missed it. I did see it. It was a bloody red uh, syrup okay, mix. So you were saying there's going to be five? Well, let's show a little respect for the dead dog. Yes, so there's going to be five. To, out of respect to the dead dog, there will be five John Wick movies. Okay. In honor so of, and uh, there is already offspring, offshoots. So there is... Supposed to be a show about the the Continental Hotel of the world of the espionage, but there is going to be a movie spinoff, Ballerina with Anna, with Marilyn from Lawn. Anna the, you remember her? I was looking at her pleasure area right now. Me and the robot too, stalking robot. Look at this is like a stalker movie. 
But anyway, Ballerina is going to have John Wick show up. I don't know if you saw the third chapter, Parabellum. No, I didn't. Wick. See, I only saw the like a first quarter of the, the first one. All right, hang on, here. wait. So We're going to have to get back to our John Wick conversation in a bit because okay. this is pretty exciting. Something's happening. The robot is finally attacking. The robot has now killed the dog, and just Fairfoss, it's hanging there. Her name's Alex. So he says, put her down. He won't do it. So Farrah has to say it because he will obey Farrah Fawcett. But that doesn't become a plot point. <clears throat> and it's only in this scene. <clears throat> oh, my what God. Happened? I, was, I was sorting the ketchup packets. But... <laughs> I found this old plushie for the set of Dog Must Die 7. You know that movie sequel? Anyway, so I was throwing it around on the floor, and uh, there was apparently some red syrup all over it to begin with. <laughs> Jump! Wow. Oh, that wow. was really hurt Douglas. That would have hurt my crotch. Seriously. I would not want to. I, your balls must have ached when you jumped in that jumpsuit. <laughs> when you land, like, where are they going to go? They're going to hit. Yeah, right. They're just going to get squeezed up. Yeah. Uh, the claw. That's from Toy Story. I, I'm never good with these claw machines. He got them in the first. Go usually it takes me. F I spend money after money on the claw machines trying really? to get the prizes. Yeah, I know it's a ripoff. It is. Did you know that those claw machines are um classified as gambling? Yeah. Oh, it has to be. I mean, what are you doing but gambling? Mm-hmm. We're, yeah, okay, there was now, a lot. Okay. Kirk Douglas is deciding to not save Harvey Keitel because he's the reason all this fucked up shit is happening. And then he's like, no, I can't do it. I have to save him. <coughs> you know how Quentin Tarantino always says, I'm going to do 10 movies and retire when I'm 60? Yeah. It's because he's seen movies like this. Okay. The director is singing in the rain has made a kooky space movie. But you know what? It's a kooky space movie. Keep going. I don't know. It's not so sucky. <laughs> Have you seen Jason in space? No. Jason Was X? He the agri agronaut, agronaut? Yeah. So there's these like space teens and they're on a spaceship and they're like going to, I don't know, space camp. And uh, Jason, they find like uh, Jason from Crystal Lake floating in an asteroid and they defrost them and he kills everybody. Oh, the Jason? Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's the 10th Friday and the 13th movie. So they called it Jason X. <laughs> Okay, so now the robot is destroyed, okay? They believe. And, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. The robot's not destroyed yet. Soon he will be, okay? <laughs> Never mind. You just gave away the ending. Well, no, that's not the ending at all. Wait a minute. So when the robot is killed, right. by the way, robots get killed because they have a life. So when the robot's alive and then the robot gets killed, right? Then the movie continues. Yes. yes. It's like twenty more minutes. Just watch the film. I don't know how many minutes. Okay, so 
he didn't kill him like I thought. He disabled him. He was laying on the ground, and then they trapped him in the door. And that's when Michael Kirk Douglas jumped through. Okay, so what's in the background? Is that like sports brackets? The space monitors? <laughs> He's just trying to tear through a door. Uh, it's the door itself. <laughs> space bracket. Well, I'm talking about the monitors right the there best. behind him. Let's listen. Let's listen. All right. Oh, he needs to recharge his battery. So when he plugs in to get charged, they're really going to charge him. Oh, as he's going to get a shock for, it'll be a shocker. That will be I think a shocker. They did this to the Jason X. He, he survived. So Farrah Fawcett will, you know, pretend to be part of it. She'll click on some buttons. He's almost got it. He's almost got it. The robot is not female, so it's not what you're thinking, Mike. That hair is great. That's like predated the 90s by 10 years. Yeah, even though yeah. it's 79 right now. Uh, boom, got it. He just had to push that lever up, space lever up. Look right there on the on the monitors. Yeah, it looks like a. I don't know. That's oh, what, that's what you're talking about, not the stuff on yeah, the wall. Not, the, not the actual. Yeah, not the actual movie. All right, robot down. The end. Thanks, Carl. That was a great movie. Good choice. Yeah, and now Harvey Keitel will have the job of dismantling him. Now, but he's pissed though because his soul's in there, right? No, he's not pissed at it. He's not some evil scientist. He's just like doing his job and it didn't work. And now he says, you're, when we get a past this, it's called an eclipse, not a shadow. My mistake. <clears throat> Even though that's kind of what an eclipse is. Uh-oh, he's not down, Carl. Yeah. What's coming up? It, Robot it, rising. It's just for the emotional up and down roller coaster of the movie. He will be dead now. This is what they literally a robot uprising. <laughs> He's doing a robot push up right now. He's doing the robot worm on the dance floor. Stay down. Oh, you have the right to remain silent. Stay down. Now look, he's taking his out. brain out. He's brainless. Mm. Oh, my little brain, my precious brain. Smoked brains. Oh, it's so much better when they're smoked, Carl. Oh, he's throwing them in the garbage? Truth. I do appreciate a poached brain, but you're right. Smoked brain, it's got a rich hickory flavor. Yeah. <clears throat> that. Oh, all right. So, we, so we're getting to the point where they're going to have to have a final battle, right? No, well, no. like, we're just giving each other shit right now. Like, I'm going to report you as incompetent. And and we got away from Earth to be away from people like you. And they don't know Harvey Keitel failed his mental evaluation. They don't know any of. <clears throat> so Harvey Keitel, he's dismantling the robot. Would this be a better movie if we it's revealed that he he killed the captain and stuff like that, like earlier? I don't know. I just want to understand why he did it. Honestly, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that you've done the research on 